Welcome to Pivotal. I'm Hayat Gallo, Corporate Vice President for Commercial Solutionarias at Microsoft. I work with customers around the globe to transform their business through technology. At the center of every transformation are people who give technology its purpose. And that doesn't change with the advent of AI. It's actually being accelerated. People spark visionary ideas for leveraging technology. The release of AI technology like ChatGPT this year is exciting, but it has led to big questions as we grapple with the best way to harness those tools to enhance and support the people behind the work. We like to talk about technology. I love to talk about it. But we often forget that technology is most effective when it supports people with purpose. This season will demystify AI by talking to the innovators using new AI technology to uplift their industries and augment their people, from education to journalism to surfing. And it just illustrates what AI is about. Everybody thinks it's about tech. No, everybody's using AI. And that's what we're going to show you on this season. I'm sure you all had to deal with customer support issues in many areas of your lives. Microsoft operates one of the largest customer support teams in the world, with tens of thousands of customer support engineers and more than 145 million contacts per year. Up until recently, support engineers and agents were using many different case management systems and over 500 individual tools to assist customers. This slowed down service, hindered collaboration between engineers, led to more redundant engagements and produced inefficient workflows. So to improve the experience for customers and support engineers alike, the support team made a decision to migrate to Dynamics 365 customer service, a portfolio based on intelligence business application that streamlined the customer experience. Today, we are hearing a story from within Microsoft, a case where Microsoft is both the developer and consumer. My name is Rick Todd. I'm a director of strategy and innovation at Microsoft Customer Service and Support. And my role really centers around understanding how to sort of deploy and operationalize new technologies in a way that helps us serve our customers better. Rick lives a bit of a double life. I have a pretty interesting backstory. At least I think it's interesting. I've lived two lives for most of my life. One, one half being a musician and a guitar player and writing songs and you know producing records. And then the other side is sort of this other life that I've always lived, which is centered around technology. And I've lived a thousand different lives within that life, whether being a you know, a customer support agent or an architect, you know, a quasi-technical salesperson moving into this sort of strategy space is the culmination of, of all these lives that I've lived. But uh, I, I've lived a pretty interesting life thus far, and I'm super excited about where we're at today. There are a lot of similarities between music and tech. I can tell you it's unequivocally yes. In fact, I had a coworker ask me via text last night, is this problem we're trying to solve like creating a record? And, and I had to respond back, you are so on point. This is exactly the way these problems feel when you're making a record, which is work, 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 breakthrough, work, work, breakthrough, work, you know, so it's exactly parallel to the music life. And it's very much the same. Rick began work with Microsoft over seven years ago as a technical support advisor. 
honestly, full disclosure, I said, I want to go work for Microsoft. I want to work with the most sophisticated, coolest technologies in the world, you know, and these super complex customers. How can I do that? What's the fastest path to doing that? The interview actually came up while he was recording a record in Nashville, but he couldn't pass it up. I ended up taking this role for customer service support as a support escalation engineer. And the reason that's important is because it immediately regrounded me in feeling, touching, doing the things that customers really care about. And so there are so many challenges that customers have that we don't do a great job of, of necessarily translating all the time, right? You know, as engineers, we really want to focus on the technical aspects of that. And many times there's this other component that's the reality of this. I'm sure you've been through a drive-through, pick up food where you're very frustrated with the interaction. It became very clear that there are all these things that we have to do that are somewhat transactional, but important. But we really wanted to focus on the technical aspects of a job. And that helped get me grounded, number one, in, in the sort of regrounded in the life that these support escalation engineers live or support engineers and agents. But it also reconnected me to the immediate pain and sort of visceral experience that customers have. As you can imagine, as Microsoft, we don't wake up in the morning to build frustrated customers. It's so important for us to make sure that they have a delightful experience. And part of Microsoft's culture is being customer obsessed. From a support perspective, that means we have to constantly find ways to solve customer issues faster and let customers engage us in the channels they prefer, whether it's chat, email, phone, or even social media, or all of the above. And that's not always easy when you have thousands of products. And as the technology is evolving quickly, it can be daunting for customer support agents to keep up. This is an area where AI and large language models, or LLMs, can help. For Rick and his team of many support agents, they could finally visualize what would help them before the technology even existed. They knew what would help them with better customer interactions and faster technical problem solving. Large language models were introduced down the road, but you could go between that time when you would experience that pain with those customers and engineers and just think, oh, if only I could do this. If only I had something to help me write an email. If something could help me author summarizing notes you know, so that I can help the next agent understand what happened in this case, because that takes a ton of time and it's super important, but I need to solve the technical problems too. And the advent of large language models, it's, it's this moment in time where we're able to actually answer those questions. We're actually at this point where I can ask this thing to help me communicate with my customer probably more eloquently than I can, being very attuned to the customer's feelings and the customer's pains that they're having, we're actually together communicating more effectively with this customer. That's just one example. And, and when I say we passed this, this, this moment in time, now we're at this point where we're sort of taking table stakes off because we can help communicating with customers, help with working within the case, these administrative tasks that are very time intensive. And now we're starting to think about Oh wow, what else can we do? What else is what else is possible right now? LLMs have really been this moment where we pass through this. I don't know how to explain it any other way than to say we're moving into a new era. That's how it feels. An AI that uses the power of natural language and human language. This was a skill that Rick's support agents were looking for to help them better communicate with customers. It's also an example of how we are grounding use cases based on our own experience at Microsoft. 
We brought our support team onto Dynamics 365 service and introduced them to Copilot. We became the largest initial customer of our own AI-powered solution. And this is a great opportunity for the team to be, in a way, the consumer and then tell us how we can improve to better serve our customers. And the beautiful thing, in a business this size, I'll tell you, it's very easily easy to get siloed, right? And, you know, the engineering team knows what it wants to do. The development team knows what it wants to do. The support people, they just kind of get something that serves their needs, maybe. And there's all this sort of abstract thinking that happens. With Copilot, it was an unbelievably, it was almost like it's been a startup experience, which is to say, we were hyper involved in the development of features. There, many of them are built on our feedback and what we as support agents do every single day, how they can help us. I mean, even just now, I was just talking to somebody before this conversation with you about even moving faster on the feedback that we give as a support organization to make sure that they're meeting the needs of us. Because I don't think it's any secret if it works for Microsoft support, it's probably going to work for most customer organizations in the world, right? So we, we have been unbelievably connected in a way that I have never seen before, particularly in an organization this size. And this particular co-pilot is very much built with the business in mind. In fact, from the point of view of the business. And I think that's a very unique aspect. And I'm super excited about that. In product development, we sometimes use the term dog fooding which essentially means engineers and developers use the product just as users might, so that they can figure out what works and what needs improvement before releasing a product to the customer. But in the case of implementing Dynamics 365, the engineers and developers aren't just duck footing. I would actually take that one step further and just say, I don't think you would run into very many engineers or support agents in our world that don't think they are owners in the product outcome, which is totally different than this is something that's been given to us and we just got to get through the bugs. We are literally side by side with engineering and with our development people. All of our teams were peers in making this product better for the people that are going to use it. So, it, it, I mean, it's just, I've never experienced this before and you can, I'm sure you can hear the excitement in my voice, but I'm super passionate about the, our relationship and how well this is working. It's a reality of life in 2023. Even for product developers, engineers, and agents, we are all on the other side of customer support. You know, for me, it's all about my accent. I'm French. So I will call and then I'll try to first filter and understand what I'm saying. And I get very frustrated by the minute. They have a filter. I say, hi, Ed. And he comes as Heidi. And I say, hi, Ed. And I say, Heidi. I'm like, come on. So customer support is such an important experience. If you really don't get the right experience, it's not only about the experience itself, but it's about the brand of the company, it represents your company, and it can actually alter the perception of that company. So I can understand why it's exciting for Rick to be part of streamlining and improving this experience, to foster better interactions between customers and support staff. Besides improving agent communications, Copilot in Dynamics 365 customer service is helping support teams find the information they need to solve customer issues. That's the other beauty of AI. There is a reasoning engine that can come through all kinds of data, all those millions of knowledge articles internally and externally and make recommendations. Whereas before we would have to connect dots or go to places or disparate areas of information and, and even 
this, this is, this is what I think is a key value here, even in areas we're not aware of or wouldn't necessarily be aware of to get answers to questions around process or the right people or the insight that we need. Whereas now that co-pilot has come along, really all of that is being surfaced up to us in a single pane of glass view where that, that information is at our fingertips. Now we can, all we have to do is ask a question or interact with a click or two. And now we get a robust amount of information that really sort of steeps us in the moment or tells us what we need to know instead of having to go out to all those disparate areas that we, again, maybe aren't even aware of. So it's just a different world. Rick is being kind when he calls them disparate areas. Prior to 2020, the customer support and engineering teams were using 16 different case management systems and over 500 individual tools. Now, with all the information available, with just a few prompts, all that knowledge is served up to the agent in a single pane of glass. This is actually a big deal. Can you imagine 31% increase in first call resolution? This is just huge. But even with streamlined data and demonstrable success, there are always skeptics. In this world, there are people who adapt and they understand the advantage that something means to you and they learn how to leverage it. And those people will, I think, be very, very successful, right? And there will be people who are reticent to adopt these technologies and, and eventually there will be a delta between the output of those people that are adopters and are eager to learn and interact and understand how they can leverage tools like this. There will be a delta in terms of, of output for those folks versus those who maybe resist that kind of change. That's sort of a reality that we're dealing with. But at the same time, these things aren't going to happen overnight. We have time to think about these things and, and how we we're impacted and and maybe what this looks like tomorrow together. Community and people are the most important part of this equation because there's, the, you know, everybody's aware of, of the sort of chatter out there about will this make, will this change the world? Oh my gosh, are we heading down a path we shouldn't? And, and I'm an optimist in that view, but I'm also a realist in the sense that I do believe in the future, this will change how people work or some people, right? This is a revolution in how we're doing things. And so Rightfully so. I think there's some anxiety in, in, in even within our own walls. And, and I think with change this meaningful, there should be a little bit of, of understanding and awareness of what this represents for people. I can tell you this, though. Everything that we do, and, and this is really my area of, of, of sort of execution, and that is connecting the people to the process of evolution and making sure that people are along for the ride. They understand and we actually sit down with them and they think about and dream about how their roles might change and what they may be doing differently tomorrow relative to what they do today. And again, going back to the original point that I made a minute ago, we're all owners in this outcome within the walls of Microsoft. It's important to us that we get to where the puck is together rather than this being something that happens and change happens and now we've all got to react. We're all along for the journey in expressing this and in, in figuring out what this looks like together. So yes, there's anxiety. And I think, you know, that's that's to be expected. This is a big change for people. This is a wonderful moment. It's it's, you know, I can't remember a time where it was as impactful. Maybe, maybe the internet was the last big thing, right? And before that, what was it? There are these there's moments in time where Things will change. The rollout of Dynamics 365 customer service and Copilot across Microsoft global support teams has not been a small feat. 
across such a large employee base, there is naturally some resistance, even for a technology company. We had some early, early feedback where one particular user felt so strongly about this when they were providing feedback in a written format that said, don't waste a dime on this. It's a, I don't remember how they phrased it, but it's basically, this is a, this is a waste of resources. And I think, I, I obviously can't speak for that person, but I, I do think, you know, it's a natural reaction to where we're at at the very beginning. And we see certain outcomes and certain results to say, well, this doesn't work. One plus one isn't three. That doesn't make any sense. Absolutely true. But on the other side, I've, I've flown around the world literally over the last you know month and a half to talk to individuals who use Copilot. And it's either we're moving so fast, it's hard to articulate to people the change, right? This, you know, this feature has been added. This is how you use it. It's, it that, is, that is a real problem is helping people keep up to speed on what it can do today versus what it did yesterday. And so to sort of wrap all this up, Early on, legitimately, there was some anxiety and there was some, you know, obviously that visceral reaction. But as we sort of share the message about how these things work and and we show this notion of community and how important it is in individuals and users to, to be included in this and that their voices matter, we're finding that people sort of very quickly move from apprehensive to dreaming about what it can do. And it's a really exciting state to be in. And the thing is, you always want to have those skeptics because they are the ones who give you the best feedback on how to improve the product. They're your toughest audience. And again, when you have skeptics, it's all about giving context and making them part of the equation, making them part of solving the problem. And in this case, that's what Rick and teams are doing. They're explaining, they're answering questions so that people can feel comfortable embracing the technology. Everybody's running to the same space, right? Everybody's trying to, you know, solve the problems there. We all have somewhat similar problems with this technology, what it means. And so, you know, we're very early on in understanding what the bottom line impact is. And we want to be really careful about that because these, this change represents, you know, it represents a, a, a number of different possibilities about what the outcomes could be. And so do we have ways of measuring success? Yes, absolutely. Um, do we have ways of measuring progress? Yes, also absolutely. Are we convinced that we know everything? No, we're not, right? Today, we definitely can see a, a, a difference, right? And, and I'll just tell you this anecdotally, that no doubt we, there was an MIT study that was published just a few months ago that showed that low tenured engineers and or agents really benefited from, from a large language model interactions. And early on, we are also seeing that same pattern. We're seeing other patterns too, but I can absolutely echo that that is being recreated in our environment. They're also more excited to adopt some of the features that maybe some of the more tenured people aren't. Another dimension of this problem is our senior people already know how to solve a lot of the problems they're being asked, right? So... Maybe they don't necessarily need a tool like Copilot to solve a technical problem, but they're seeing advantages in, you know, again, helping author conversations and so on and so forth. And I just want to be really clear. There is always a human communicating with a customer. It's just maybe they're getting a little help with their wording, right? So it, it, they're helping, it's helping them be a little more uh, elegant in the way that they speak. The thing that is cool about Copilot, it's how it's helping support agents of all levels. Imagine you're the new guy and you get to be helped. It brings up 
knowledge articles to you. It improves your communication skills to a customer. It helps you create your first drafts. It's just pretty amazing to onboard a new person in a role. And if you're tenured, it's all about getting even more efficient in your day-to-day job and then spending the time on the more complex, maybe issues that you have to deal with and getting time back. Earlier, we were talking about LLM and natural language, and that's the power, this capability of taking huge amounts of data quickly and then give reasoned answers and insights to the customer agent. But Copilot can benefit all agents by improving the entire workflow of solving cases. That super-powered reasoning engine allows to detect patterns of cases, analyzes the fastest pathway of knowledge articles to solve common customer issues, and recommends that path that all agents can take in a scalable way. That is how you scale. That is how you get a massive 31% increase in first call resolution. That idea that AI can help spread knowledge to everyone on how we serve customer, that is an idea that resonates with Rick and many of his team members. In terms of feedback from, from my visits, I can tell you truthfully, you know, we work in a technology space and, and in support, a lot of these folks are super bright. In fact, almost all of them are super bright. They want to focus on technical challenges. They want to think about hard things. And they're very excited to provide ideas about how their idea can help the, the person next to them tomorrow. That is a core fundamental that I've always sort of raised in my teams that I've, that I've sort of looked over over the last few years. We, we have a mantra, which is don't just be thinking about your job today. Think about how what you're doing right now can be improved for a thousand people, 10,000 people. And how do we take those ideas? And they're really running with that. They're very excited to share their ideas. In terms of making a difference, I mean, I will not lie to you. People love the fact that they can get help with, you know, writing note summaries and doing things like email, you know, creation. Those are things that people generally don't love to do. And then that gives them the ability to go focus on the hard part of the problem, which is what's broken or what does this customer need help with really? And um, there's a lot of excitement about both of those things. And you know, the interesting piece of Copilot in Dynamics 365 customer service is that beyond solving problems faster, it is just improving the satisfaction of the agents. And it's then allowing them to spend time on more complex issues or maybe investing in their learning, that is pretty powerful. And then if you think about it, customer agent is all about humans. It's about connecting with your customer. So when you have more time, you can be much better at it. AI can also help service agents tune in on their customers and how they're feeling and get on the same wavelength from an emotional perspective. As an engineer, we spend so much of our mental bandwidth solving technical problems, it takes a lot of energy also to make sure that you are nailing the right interaction level with your customer so that they know they're heard, right? So if you and I are talking and you come through the drive-thru and I hand you the wrong soda pop or whatever it is, and you come back around and, and you're angry, but maybe you're not sort of showing me that you're angry because I just wasted some of your time. You need to get home and feed your pets or whatever it is you need to do. Like, that's a real problem in your life. Sometimes I won't catch that nuance, right? I won't catch that body language. It's very much the same in that interaction for people. And, and Copilot is helping us understand how someone feels and making sure that we are paying attention to you 
being angry because I gave you the wrong soda pop. And I think that's a huge advantage. I don't know that it's, there is advantage, of course, to it helping with, hey, make sure you're following this. This person's upset about this. Don't miss that. And so it helps us get into a frame of mind to make sure we're responding in a way that you need us to respond. Large language models have the ability to help us interpret maybe sentiment in an email and help us catch things, right? And those same principles apply. Those super savvy users that we've got are using and leveraging Copilot in a way that allows them to nail that interaction, right? And making sure that they understand exactly where that customer needs them to be in the conversation. And look, I have been on calls. Even recently, I had a flight canceled and my interaction with the support team was not excellent. And I know if they had had some level of large language model or co-pilot, if they had some level of capability like that, it would have been much smoother. And I maybe would have detected that that interaction was helped out. But in the end, the outcome was they met me where I needed to be. And maybe they didn't solve my problem immediately. But truthfully, we're all human beings. And we've been through this experience. And we just, you know, sometimes we just need people to hear us the right way and respond in the right way. And that's just such a key critical component. And co-pilot really helps us do that. And as with all AI implementations, responsibility around security and adhering to a certain airtight standard is crucial. There's two aspects of this, and that is the the security of customer data and then making sure we're being responsible stewards with our implementation of AI. And I can tell you unequivocally, this is I'm I'm in calls all the time to make sure that we are we are adhering to the same standards that we have with our case information and our customer information is absolutely applied. And in fact, Copilot is a, you know, a subcomponent of Dynamics, which is a tool that we use. And so it is those same security protocols are applied to Copilot as a result. There is no variation from that whatsoever. In terms of responsible AI, we have we have boards of responsible AI that help guide us and make sure that our principles are not only grounded in the future in the right state, but that we're being inclusive, which frankly is a very valuable asset to us given how large and, and, and dispersed Microsoft is capturing every one of those voices in, in terms of, of diversity helps us make sure we're representing our customers around the world. So that maybe felt like a little bit of a, a, a slogan that I gave you or a marketing pitch, but the reality is it's absolutely true. And, and, and look, I work at Microsoft because I believe in its mission. And I, when I go to work every single day, I feel good walking out of that door as a human being in this world. And Copilot is a way for me to express that that uh, sort of love for making sure that I'm making a better difference in the world. Rick has been thinking a lot recently about factors to consider in leveraging AI for sustainable advantage. And he surfaced this concept of AI being a powerful multiplier of good, but also bad if companies aren't careful. It takes a lot of thoughtful, deliberate work to create new technology responsibly. But this work is crucial to avoid unintended negative impacts. I'll give you two really great examples. AI does such a great job in, in large language models. Let's just, let's just click into that, right? Because we're kind of talking about Copilot here. It does a fantastic job of convincing you that it's correct. And for many different reasons, it's confidently incorrect sometimes. And that's, that's a universal problem with large language models, right? You can go to uh, OpenAI and use the latest version of ChatGPT and there's even a disclaimer down at the bottom, right? It says, hey, make sure you check your answer before you send this out. It's a multiplier in that we, we have this expression in the recording industry as a musician. When you're recording a record, if the guitar doesn't sound great at the very beginning, you're not gonna make it sound great with any magical pixie dust at the end of that record. So we use this expression, garbage in, garbage out. 
that abs- it's absolutely an analog for for this world that we're in now. If you're ingesting knowledge or just in, ingesting content that's incorrect or stale or just wrong for any reason, that will be served up as a potential source for an answer. What's interesting about this as a support agent and even in human decision making, when we are seeking out answers, we have a sort of checksum in every single piece of information that we're reviewing and that I can say piece of information to solve this question. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And ultimately, when we end up the answer that we feel is correct, we have a very high confidence that that answer is the right answer. If I'm an unsuspecting, unknowing engineer or agent that kind of doesn't know this subject area and chat GPT, or in this case, co-pilot gives us an answer and it's confidently incorrect, there is a risk. We'll take that and we'll share that. And so it's an amplifier for both bad in this instance, if we're not careful to tend our garden and make sure what we're sending into Copilot is the right stuff. An amplifier or multiplier for good is where we can take a look at a business process that we have within our organization. When I need to hand your problem off to another engineer, you definitely don't want to re-explain yourself. How many times have you lived with that problem? It's very frustrating. We, we, we recognize that that's a pain, right? Because we live through that ourselves. And so what we're able to do is look at our process and say, for every one of these things, or for this process, for every time this happens, we can apply Copilot to this scenario and solve this problem. We fix that and we save X number of minutes and we get a more consistently great customer outcome because we don't have inconsistency there because now our product is helping us in one way, shape or form or Copilot is helping us. And so it's an amplifier in that for good in that, We just need to solve the fundamental underlying process. We multiply that times the number of interactions. And now all of a sudden, look at us. You don't even know that that was, you know, there there maybe was a little bit of AI help underneath the hood to help you get that experience. You didn't have to re-explain yourself. For those in customer support industry like Rick, AI presents such an opportunity. This is really a moment where it feels like anything is possible. That we can achieve the kind of improvements in customer experience that they've dreamt about. As someone who's, who is a support engineer at heart, I still sit down in that space in my mind and I think about how the person on the other side is feeling this interaction with me. How am I solving the problem for them fast enough and getting to the answer that they need so that they can go about their life and you know live a better life after that, hopefully. I don't know that if it's that profound. But uh, in this particular instance, I am most excited about the fact that we're at a time where literally anything is possible. And we're at this moment where we can profoundly help people. We can get to a place where we can do more. I think that, you know, it's just a question of what our dreams are our limitation, really, and being grounded in what's important in the world and what's important for our employees and what's important for our customers is going to get us to a place much faster where we can make more impact for them. We can give them better, more positive outcomes. And so, you know, early on in technology, you were always sort of limited by these really big, heavy things that were immovable and these challenges that you had in between systems and so on and so forth. And very quickly, all of those sort of barriers responsibly, you know, they start to disappear and we can we can correlate and connect things that we couldn't do in a way before. And this this sort of moment really represents the opportunity to do so. So I, I, there are, there will be a litany of features, I'm sure, that'll blow everybody's mind, and that's all great. But to me, this really represents being able to make a difference for people in a more and more meaningful way. 
I think Rick is right when he frames Streamline. Better customer experience as something that makes people lives better. Because think about it. We've all had to interact with this customer support system. Sometimes they take hours, days, even weeks of wrangling to get to any resolution. And for me, I can tell you, you add the French accent and it gets even more complicated. There's a line where every, you know, everybody's in sales, right? If you're working in a business or you have a job, you're in sales in some way, shape or form. And I, I actually think everybody's in customer service. <laughs> so we, we all have to deal with this problem in one way, shape or form. There's this, we always joke, nobody calls customer service and support because their day is going awesome. Like we're not under any illusions. You're not just going to call me up one day and just say, hey, Rick, I'm having a fantastic day. Just wanted to check in with you. But we, and so knowing that, you know, how, how can we make sure we get you to that state where you are having a fantastic day faster because we're less of a consideration and we frankly help you solve and move on, right? That's, that's what we're hoping for. Rick's spirit, enthusiasm, and energy for helping our customers, our internal teams is just infectious. We all carry around this sort of imagination, right? And, and innately, we're all human beings and we're all creative and, and we all want to connect these technical dots all the time because that's... That's who we are, right? It's just a natural human inclination to do that. And so to, to say that this is something that's unique to me, I don't believe that, in, of course, anywhere. But I am very passionate about figuring out how to not have to do something twice and moreover, not have to have a customer experience something twice, right? And to me, that is, you know, bit by bit, one by one, two by two, I, I can't tell you anything more in, in my work life, there are things outside my work life, of course, that, that really filled void. But in my work life, there's nothing more that fills me more up than figuring out how to prevent something from happening twice. And I am super passionate about making sure that we can stop something from happening again. On the anxiety front, I do think it's important to recognize that this anxiety, it's, it's, it's not bad. If people are experiencing it and thinking about it, it's natural to feel that way. Again, because because of the change this technology represents, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and, you know, the whole world is going to be totally different. You know, things change with, a, you know, an increasing velocity, no doubt. But in the end, it, at least within Microsoft's walls, I can tell you unequivocally, it is fundamental to our approach to how we're, we're deploying Copilot to make sure that our community is connected to the outcomes and where we are headed with this business, because we are all owners in this outcome. And, and frankly, together, we are going to create a better product and a better experience for our customers. And so to me, that is a fundamental thing that is just critically important for people to hear. AI is important, but the people are as important as the solution. I think this story is a great example of how you take technology and just try to embrace it and go at scale and learn along the way. And you can see through the Eric's comment that it's always some kind of the same pattern. You start with the idea, you roll it out, you have the skeptics, but if you can provide context and show people how it's valuable to them, you can make progress. And think about it, it's Microsoft. Microsoft on Microsoft, with technology people, and even us, we have skeptics. We have to go convince them. I think it's a great example. It shows you that, yes, there are possibilities, but it is hard to get it embraced at scale. And you have to invest in it. You have to think about being responsible. You have to think about how you help the skeptics because you can't make it without everybody embracing it. 
Thank you for listening to Pivotal. I'd love to hear your story and your pivotal moments. So don't hesitate to follow me and share on LinkedIn. Audience information is also available in the show notes. Our show is produced by Large Media. That's L-A-R-J Media. Special thanks to Lin Yang and our partners at We Communications.